Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and John and Lucas. What's up, gentlemen? Hey. How's it going? You guys ready for LVO? Oh, I am so ready. Ready to go. Just a few more models to paint, even though it's only days away. <laughs> I'm ready to live vicariously through you guys as I watch it on stream. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be honest. Last like two weeks, I've uh, I every I saw like people were dropping out and like looking to get rid of their tickets. A couple people, and so I was seriously looking at flights, going, "Hey, Ra- Rachel." You want to go to Vegas for a couple of days? You're going to be by yourself. Uh, but I mean, I don't know if you want to go. And then we, we decided not to. But yeah, I mean, it was it was close. I almost I almost I almost pulled the trigger on it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm jealous of you guys for sure. Only 97 people signed up on TTO right now out of the 128. That's still good. That's the best yeah, turnout. So the biggest the start of the pandemic, ages. I think, yeah. right? Yeah, did two years ago LVO? What did that? What were those numbers? It was close. That was the biggest Similar. one, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was close. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> pandemic or not, I think 128 is tough when there when there's nothing like really heavy on the line. Like world invites yeah. is a, okay thing, but like I don't know. You can you could get those at your local store as well so you know like what else what's the big draw to pull in you know i think the only time we'll see that is in pride place. yeah maybe pride doesn't pay the bills though so it's hard to <laughs> none of these tournaments pay the bills <laughs> yeah that's yeah not an objective <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i i don't think now is a great time but maybe maybe at some point we could talk about like what what we think is the max number, like what's a good number you could have at a tournament that you could reasonably fill. I think it's 64. I've, but... I've done those numbers or all, no, I've done like mechanically the numbers, mm. but yeah, I think 64 for just like a random convention tournament. Yeah. Um, even, even with random. all the, all the AMG junk on the line, right. The, like, uh, you know, back in the old days when it was FFG, the big dice and, the fun cards and the tokens, like we still weren't getting 128. Like it's just not something that's, you know, I think it's a lot. Yeah. I think we could definitely get past a hundred if the pandemic wasn't doing what it was now. Like I know quite a few people personally who are a hundred percent in, and then because of either they're not from this country or nervous about flights or right. with like their job, they have to get tested all the time. They Mm. ended up pulling out. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we would have hit the 128. Just but, me and Noah, and I know like I think three SoCal guys and two guys from Canada that dropped out all for the mm. same reason. Do you think? Do you think that that's like a post lockdown? Like that would have been our post lockdown like bounce back. Do you think it's sustainable though? I don't. I don't know if it's sustainable through time. I guess Anyways, we'll see. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we are going to talk about LVO today, but we're also going to talk about Stormtide today. Yeah. And we're going to do that first. So, yeah. Uh, Mr. Shalansky. Hey, that's me. Yeah. Tell us about Stormtide. What do you got for us? Yeah. So, um, I'm sure, you know, a lot of you who listen know about it and have been wondering what's this all about and what are these crazy guys doing? So, you know, we are shipping out box six 
this week, which has been six months, uh, which I'm packaging as season one. Uh, so we've completed season one and, and, and everybody who has been supporting us, thank you so much. It's been great. Um, and what I'm really excited about is, you know, <laughs> we're spending season one uh, introducing you slowly to our galaxy and our universe. And, you know, really in season two, we're going to be pulling everybody into it, like full on, um, you know, in the, in season one, we've kind of led them through a series of missions that have all been, you know, they're similarly uh, to, to how the Legion is played now um, to kind of get you warmed up. And as season one went on, we've transitioned those players into a little bit more chaotic playing and, and new experiences as, you know, John and Kyle do a lot of our proofreading for us. And um, as they've seen and asked me multiple questions on all the rules and things that we're doing, cause it's, it's new and, and exciting. Um, and so, you know, basically narrative wise, you, this planet showed up in the galaxy, the two ships go to, to see what this planet's all about and save these scientists. And as you start digging into this planet, uh, there's these local monsters that end up attacking and, you know, you've got to fight them and, and, and our big conclusion is coming up for season one. And the, why, the reason I keep saying that is because we're six months in. So like if you were to do a catch up box subscription that we had, you'd have to get all five and then we'd send you six. So you'd have to like get all six and then try to get through all of those to then move on to seven. And so what I've done is designed a kind of like a jumping in point for new players. So if you haven't gotten into Stormtide and you haven't played it all and that six box is a big chunk, um, which I completely understand, we are starting with box seven. Season two is going to be like a soft reboot where people can now jump in. And if you if you haven't had the chance yet. So, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I'm really excited to. So, you know, in this first uh, first bunch of boxes you got a commander and we have multiple skill trees that you can take your commander on and and how you want to lead your forces and how you want them to operate in the field and then moving into seven what we're going to do is we're actually going to reset you can you know if for for those new players um they can come in and and they'll have commanders and a skill tree that they can jump on but we're also introducing operatives uh with skill trees now as well um and so i'll i don't mind spoiling it but basically you're gonna have three operative choices uh they're unlike the commanders you can kind of like start on one skill tree and then you can jump to another one if you want and you know and go down that one with the operatives you're going to have to just kind of pick one and stick on it because uh one of the operatives is a jedi or you know a uh space monk and uh you know the next one is a bounty hunter which hey non-trademarkable and then the last one is a hero type so so, you know, you're going to have a lot of options and how you can build out your operative um, and, and really turn them into something cool. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And, and you'll also be able to, if you wanted to start a new commander, you can do that. Or for new players, they'll be able to do commanders, which is pretty cool. 
um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting. We're actually gonna be putting, I'll spoil this too. So in box seven, we're gonna be putting four minis in there. So you'll have four different options uh, for your commander and operative. Um, also, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know that we've talked about this enough, but you know, we really, really like when people uh, use their own minis. You know, we've seen a lot on the Discord. So we have a Discord sub channel on the Legion Discord. And a lot of people have been like substituting, you know, whatever homebrew stuff that they have going on or some character that means a lot to them. And, and they've been substituting them in and that's uh, completely acceptable. And really, we're going to try leaning more into that here as we enter this new season and, and just encouraging homebrew and, and, you know, substituting whatever we do for whatever you have like i think somebody uh for the monsters they bought uh 40k like oh god what did they buy like the nurgles or something and they were gonna put those in for <laughs> for the monsters which is completely acceptable and awesome you know so i think that's you know i think that's one of the, the things that we were trying to do is because it's so hard, especially when you go to tournaments and stuff and the world of, you know, Star Wars is so iconic that like trying to throw other stuff in there sometimes doesn't feel right. And so I'm hoping that by like bringing you to this new world and this new kind of universe that people feel more comfortable, like adding in some of their favorite minis from other games or, you know, d doing homebrew stuff or making, you know, buying stuff from Jordan off of his, uh, you know, page and printing your own minis. And, you know, hopefully people do more of that because it's, I think that's part of the best part about doing mini games is, is all the customization and cool, funky stuff that you get to do. Is there anything like, uh, like what's different about the gameplay from season one to season two? Yeah, so season one, uh, <clears throat> we were kind of leading you down a path just to get you warmed up and understand how, how we were doing stuff. So in season two, there's going to be a lot more kind of choice. And so instead of being more of a linear path, you're going to be able to choose kind of which way you're going into the story. Um, and, and how you accomplish the tasks ahead of you, you know, um, I don't want to give too much away of what happens because box six hasn't come out yet, but something happens at the end of box six that both teams are going to have to try to sort out and, and figure out. Um, and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of different options to do that. And, and so hopefully if, if, if I do it right, you know, you'll be able to, instead of linear finding this kind of path that we've laid out for you, it's going to be more of a sandbox mode where, you know, you can, if you want to go do this, you could do that. If you want to do this side quest, you can do that. You know, there's, there's going to be some more, you know, options for the players to kind of create their own world and, and how they're going to move through it. Um, you know, I mean, it's taking a lot of you know, of its beats off of like RPGs and stuff, you know, and trying to like have them be part of the world and the story. Um, and, and, you know, and with that, at the end of every mission, we have a QR tag that you, you scan and you, there's a form and you can fill out what happened in your battle. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have been asking us, 
hey, what I've been filling these out. Like, where what's what's going on? Like, what does this do? What does this affect? And uh, in box six here, we had that free mission for Rising Tide, uh, the war on Rigel Four, and uh, you're going to see the ramifications of that in box six. And then in box seven, which is season two, you're going to see the ramifications from the first couple boxes as well. And so as you know, as these ships, uh, the hurricane and the inferno, as they battle it out, and we have winners and losers, and and who did what in each in each area, you're going to see some ramifications of that in the story. So, it's hard, right? Because individually, it's kind of it can be a drop in the bucket. But the more you know, you do well for your ship, and the more the hurricane does well or the inferno does well, that's going to affect the game moving forward. Um, and ideally, in a way that's not like I don't, you know, we don't want to like handicap anyone <laughs> because, you know, let's say the Inferno is doing really bad. We don't want to give the hurricane all these bonuses where they're just continually doing well. Um, you know, so there's a balance to it, but you're definitely going to see, you know, some of the ramifications of that and, and answers to that as the story progresses. Sounds exciting. It is. It is. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, we're really looking forward to moving into season two, um, hopefully getting newer players on, you know, we've had a great base so far and we've had a ton of people and they've been very supportive. Um, uh, but yeah, so season two is really going to kick off our world. And then in addition, um, starting probably in, the, towards the end of Q2, we're looking to, we're actually going to start having like store kits um, and you're going to be able to like, we've had a number of stores reach out to us about doing Stormtide events at their store and how that would work. And so we're going to be developing narrative events for the store level uh, as well. And, and so, you know, these stores ideally would be able to get these kits from us and run Stormtide narrative events, not just for people who have been, you know, investing in the box sets, but, you know, for, for new people who maybe don't want to play competitive Legion all the time, or maybe are new to Legion and they just want to play because they like Star Wars and they just want some fun way to play it uh, outside of the, you know, tournaments and stuff. And so that's what we're really, really looking forward to doing. So we've got, I've got, uh, I got a bunch of days scheduled at a local store. Uh, we're going to be doing some previews and game testing there of, of the uh, store kits, which I'm really excited about and in talks with some other stores that have all reached out and want to do them as well. So, you know, hopefully soon we'll be spreading those out. So, you know, if you're listening and you play Stormtide um, and you want to do something at your local store, just you know, reach out and uh, we'd love to talk to them about, you know, what we're doing and, and how we're going to move forward. Yeah, I think that's super exciting because that's one thing. Uh, well, I'm not jealous of the rule set of games like 40K because I recently met a few defectors who came to Legion because they're unhappy about the rule set. One thing that they do have is these really cool uh, narrative events with different things built. And so that's something I've always been interested in, right? I think many of us have seen these at the cons where they have these huge tables with 40k stuff and they're like oh you know these are the demons of slash fighting the ultramarines here and the winner of this is going to determine you know how many reinforcements that table gets oh and by the way these are the factions playing because yesterday all this happened and so 
you know, that's something that's been missing in Legion for the most part at events and stores. And so I think it's exciting that we're starting to have that. Yeah, I mean, you know, really at the end of the day, as much as I love the competitive side of Legion, I, I really am, um, I, I've always wanted this, right? Like what we're building is the thing I've always wanted uh, to do and to play. And so um, I'm really excited about about it. And, and, you know, a lot of what we've done is kind of borrow off of what Legion's done already. And like, you know, the setups and, and the board. And I'm really excited, especially starting in box seven, that there's going to be some game modes that are completely new and, and are not like how you would typically do a Legion uh, game. And so I'm, I'm hoping people uh, really dig that too, so. I will, I'll say this, I'm taking some of my uh, thoughts on this off of Kill Team. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Because uh, I think Kill Team is, if, if anybody hasn't played it, Kill Team is really good. And it's kind of what you think of a little bit when you think about Star Wars, right? Because you like, if you watch The Mandalorian or even Book of Boba Fett, right? You've got all these hero types that are are fighting in these battles either against no names or against other hero types right and it's all about these hero battles and you don't uh always get to see those in legion just because of how we build lists and and how you know kyle we've been saying this from the beginning of the podcast like you don't run a lightsaber user at another lightsaber user right it's just not what you do because it's not the most effective thing to do with that unit um and i think that's missing out of legion right and so hopefully we can bring stuff like that like hero battles and you know these little side quests and stuff like that that'll still use the rule set of legion but kind of like add on to the different types of battles that you can do and, and explore your units a little bit better. Awesome. Well, that's very exciting. Yeah. You said that's like Q2 roughly. So store stuff will be Q2. Yeah. And then, um, you know, uh, mid February to the end of February is when the new box comes out. So if you're new, if you, if you haven't signed up for Stormtide yet, um, you can go to stormtide.thefifthtrooper.com and we have our season two monthly subscription is up right now. Uh, for those of you that have been part of it and have already signed up, you're still good. You don't have to do anything. It's just going to continue going and you'll get box seven when it comes out. Um, so nothing changes for you. You just keep moving on. But for anybody who wants to start fresh and doesn't want to buy six boxes worth you can get in here in february and just start at at, at box seven you're going to miss some of the story and some of the cool stuff you know that everybody got from the first six boxes but it, it shouldn't hinder you to to play because ideally if you get box seven uh with a friend they they don't they haven't played stormtide either so neither of you will be you know up on the other person that's the nice thing about stormtide too is you know, when we're working on balance, you're just playing the other person. So as long as they have access to the same stuff you do, um, we can get really creative and we could throw all kinds of stuff in there, right? Because you don't have to go to your local store and try to play somebody with the store tied stuff and, and hope it's balanced against all the other stuff that's out there, right? It's just you and your buddy playing, or maybe you and three other people playing, but whatever it is, you all have access to the same stuff. So, so that's the nice thing too. And, you know, we're hoping to make that uh, the same as, as the store um, 
narrative events too, right? So that everybody is kind of going to have access to similar stuff so that it's more about the story and, and the campaign and having fun than it is about like, oh, I got some, you know, super weapon that I'm going to go ahead and like start tabling people with. No Death Star. No Death Star, no. That would be a cool car though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One pip. <laughs> Everybody dies. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, shall we pivot in the other direction and talk LVO? Yeah. So, John, you and Lucas are both going to LVO, correct? Yes, sir. I'm super jealous. Very hype just want to remind everybody this is an audio podcast so you are going to have to talk more yes lucas you do have to <laughs> yeah, use words yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and need you guys to talk <laughs> you couldn't see the metal horns through the camera over audio nope no. ready to rock nope. and roll <laughs> um <laughs> so what so this is a lot of people are kind of getting back into the tournament scene slowly or will be doing so over the next year, hopefully. Um, so we're going to kind of focus this around like tournament prep. And by that, I don't mean picking a list because we talk on this podcast a lot about meta and, you know, we've done numerous episodes about how to put lists together and prepare for a tournament in that way. I mean, like physically putting your stuff uh, in cases, getting your cards together flying on a plane with miniatures etc um and then also like once you're there how do you take care of your stuff and yourself so we're going to kind of focus around that mm. yeah yeah i like it's good so i'm going to start with you john because um i know that you have a why don't you tell us like what how do you store your stuff when you fly to tournaments yeah because it seems like you go to every single tournament that exists yeah it's i'm gonna start falling off from that but i've been to a lot um this last year only beaten out by i think al Paz and ryan slawoski for competitive tournament attendance um but if yeah, i can those get dudes literally show, go to everything god they do yeah, yeah. crazy i've got a box that i'm gonna try to see if it uh i might have to turn your, your background virtual background yeah yeah let's see Virtual background, you're gonna see you how looked see my... and sounded like my dad there when he tries to do stuff on the computer. Well, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> what do you want me? How, how, I don't know how to on? turn that thing off. Oh, I come, see it. Come on, Grandpa. Oh, do you you want to tell me how to turn it off? Yeah, it's really easy. It where it says stop video, hit the little up arrow, then go to choose I'm virtual there. background. I'm there. Then go to none. I don't see none. Now I see none. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. There we go. Okay. Now you see my messy office, but this yep. is the box. Um, so for so those it's... of you at home, it looks like uh, kind of like a briefcase suitcase almost. It's got the rebel symbol on it. Looks like it's like a wood veneer uh, with a handle and a uh, over the shoulder strap. Yep. Okay. This box I've had for, I think four years now. Um, but it is my favorite thing in the world. So you've got these pull-out trays that are magnetic. Mm. So you could bring like easily two armies worth of minis here. 
in addition, like I've got empty space here and then I keep dice in, or that's like the, not the dice, but this one will have dice and everything I play with and then like set up stuff. Yeah. So for everybody at home again, it looks kind of like a miniature shelf that you would have in your house. Uh, and it's got like these pull-out drawers on the one side at the bottom on the left-hand side. And it's got basically two sections and he's got all these shelves in there that look like they're magnetized and all the units are, or minis are actually standing upright, magnetized to the base. And he can just slide them in and out of this, uh, wooden briefcase that he has. I use, so I, I travel with it like this. Um, I I've flown maybe seven times with this. Uh, and it just sits in between my feet. And then I even take this to the tournament because uh, it's super easy to pull out. You know, my army will normally consist of two trays. I'll pull those two out on the table, set this underneath the table. And then, like, I'm good to go. Yeah, that's that's really good. You know uh, what I did? So when I fly, um, I have a battle foam bag. Um, and what I do is I just saran wrap the foam. So I put the minis in and then I just wrap saran wrap around it. And then I, then they just, they don't bounce or, you know, if they do bounce a little bit, they don't, they don't fall out. And then I just basically put that same thing. Like it's the size of like a carry on suitcase or a backpack. So you could put it underneath the seat in front of you if you're flying jet blue, cause they got awesome foot space uh, <laughs> uh, or you could put it in the overhead and that's usually pretty safe. So um, my case, if anyone's wanting one of these, is from Frontier Wargaming. Um, but a case also makes a similar sized case that has pull-out trays that are magnetic, and Battle Foam. Um, their Magna Racks now have they have like slide-out trays, and they have a couple sizes of those. So if you're looking for magnetic, like storage slash transport tournament options, like those three are great. And then I, what I would do is uh, you can go to um, like Harbor Freight and they'll have these earth magnets in these little like things and they're like super cheap and you get like 20 in a little, it's almost like a pill. It looks like a pill bottle, but it's earth magnets and you just super glue those to the bottom of your uh, base and off you go. I will say go on eBay too. Yeah. Yeah. Or KJ magnetics is where I normally go. They have all the options. Um, but when you're picking out magnets, I would get a weaker magnet than you ex than you think you need. Yeah. Um, it, it does not take much to keep a mini yeah. on that tray. But if you do too strong, then it'll rip off eventually. Well, and the, then it's yeah. annoying. And my then, favorite thing that happens yeah. is they start like spinning around each other and then they like collapse like a neutron star on each yeah. other. And yeah, that's, that's a good one. Too. Yeah, that's not fun either. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then. If you want to do the broke man's option, you can't afford the fancy battle foam. What I have here is in, uh, what is this? 11 by eight and a half, like paper yeah. holder. Yeah. And it's like just deep enough. You can get these things at Staples for like eight bucks. And then what you do is it's the size of a piece of paper. So you buy a magnetic sheet that's piece of paper sized. That's like for fridge magnets. You just peel off the back, slap it in the bottom, and you put the rare earth magnets and you got this little guy. And the great part about this is if you do have one of the battle foam big old things, or in my case, I have tabletop tyrants, just a foam bag. 
Um, where I'm at tournaments, I hate pulling stuff in and out of foam and I like the magnets. Uh, eight and a half by 11 is like the same size as most standard foam trays. So what I do is if I'm going to fly somewhere, I put them in the foam for safekeeping in case it bumps around. And then once I get to my hotel or whatever, you just pop them in this tray and then it's the exact same size. So you just put it in there. Uh, and saves you, know, you a buck on the super expensive battle foam magnet racks. They're like 200 bucks. <laughs> Lucas, look at you. You know, thanks, man. Thanks for coming. Yeah, you know, I'm just uh, balling on that student budget, so <laughs> I gotta afford to buy my minis, so I can't be buying fancy yeah. battle foam. Yeah, all lots of guys with jobs, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here grinding, trying to get my degree. <laughs> I mean, that's a super good, simple, yeah. easy, cheap magnetic solution. Um, people are always asking about magnetic storage. Uh, you can just make your own. Yeah. And. Like I said, um, total cost for magnetic sheets and this thing is like 15 bucks. And then you just got to get magnet to the bottom. Like they said, for like $10, you can get a ton. Yep. And like this little eight and a half by 11, this is more than a full army in here. And so you can fit most things. Like I got some dewbacks in the bottom and they're mm -hmm. still fitting this little tray. So you can get pretty big models in there too. And now, then um, I don't have it on hand, but they have the exact same trays, same cutout that are taller. So like I have my ATST. And one that's just a deeper version and they stack so it fits in your bag and everything. You hear that, Jay? ATST. I um, heard ATST. No. <laughs> you said you, you said you put do you still put magnets on the bottom? Yeah. The so this is a magnet sheet, right? So that's right. why I can oop, hold it. My dubecks are sliding around as I say that. <laughs> <laughs> but all my other dudes are magnetized down. The dubecks are just a little heavy. So one thing too you can do, because I have a similar, I have a similar situation which I can pull out in a second with magnetic sheets, but I actually just use washers, um, metal washers. Uh, it's just enough metal that it'll stick to the magnetic sheet um, without holding too much. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, these pull. are also super cheap. You can just, you know, go to Home Depot and get like a box of a hundred washers uh, and then just super glue them to the bottom of your, of your dudes. And it also makes them not fall over on the table, <laughs> which is helpful. Weighted minis so, up for the table is is amazing. Yep, very Especially nice. Especially with the new uh, everything being on sprues, right? Some of these, I know, like that battleship Wookie yeah. is doing like a deep lunge, and but weighs nothing. So yep. putting a washer <laughs> will stand that sucker up. Yeah. yeah, as we get more tactical rocks and stuff, where you get like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> minis leaning off their base. Right, I um, think everything that's been previewed, Darth Maul, Old Man Boba Fett, everyone's doing a lean nowadays. Yep. Yeah, I have a I have a similar setup to you, Lucas, where it's just um, magnetic sheets. I, mine is actually built into a case. Um, I got this like, I think it was at Historicon uh, years ago, probably like six to eight years ago, um, from some random vendor. But you can just make something like this probably yourself. You know, it's just literally magnetic sheets glued to the inside of trays, like you have. Um, so. Yeah, or if you don't want to do the sheets, um, a common one I see is uh, baking trays. Mm -hmm. And a lot of baking trays will have like a plastic cover, right? So that when you make your cupcakes, you can put this lid on, protect your cupcakes. Um, but it turns out cupcakes like the exact same height as our minis. So you can stick your minis in there and even comes with a nice little plastic cover. And all I have to do is make sure that the uh, baking sheet, right, is magnetic. You know, they had, uh, gosh, what craft store was it? So I had made these 
basically there was these 12 inch by 12 inch by like five inch plastic containers like you had Lucas right and I bought those and they what they did was they stack on top of each other and latch and then I got the uh, at the same craft stores like Hobby Lobby or something you could buy 12 inch by 12 inch metal sheets I put that in and then used a rivet gun and just rivet it to the bottom on the four corners and now you have stackable you know they're, they're more they're not really good for like airplanes but you know for for like storage or or like you know bringing them in a car right when, when you know you you're not flying flying always gets a little dicey because you're not sure exactly what you're gonna expect right but um so john you use magnets for your whole trip because i know it's fairly common that people who even use magnetic trays will toss them in foam for planes because they're worried they'll bounce around but you find that it doesn't jiggle around enough that they get knocked never over had anything. a single issue like i and i keep it upright you know as i'm flying but i've had a, occasionally where the airport security despite my best efforts they'll flip it on its side and whatever as it's going through the x-ray and i just cringe because not only not specifically for the magnets but i have the two trays full of stuff mm. or the two boxes and then i open it after and it's all fine nothing moved and the the boxes there um that i put the dice and tokens in it's it's such a close seal that like nothing gets out mm. not easily so yeah i, I also great. just keep mine on magnets the whole time on the plane um, and I haven't really ever had any issues. So, and I flew with T-47s to SoCal. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I like... those things were sticking up in the case. That would make me nervous. I would be taking them off and like setting them down separate from the stand or something, but Kyle's a, a, he's a crazy man. He's, he's gotta be crazy in some parts of his life. Yeah. Uh, not all this mathematics. And... <laughs> yeah. YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's all yellow when it comes to his T-47. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, Jay, you mentioned foam. That's, yeah. um, do you have, like, the foam ones where you can pull out the little squares, or are they, like, pre-shaped? Yeah, so I, I hate those, the ones where you pull out the squares, because the, they're not they're just not good. They don't hold up. So battle foam, they basically, I think it's laser cut. They laser cut specifically to, I know that they have shapes specifically for Legion. Like you can get the T47 ones. You can get the ATST one though. When you build it, it's never the same shape. So they just, you know, they use like a generic shape and like none of my ATSTs ever fit into it. Cause I'm always doing something wacky mm -hmm. with them. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, they have the foam, but I, I get the pre-cut ones because even the generic ones that are for 40K, they're all around the same height that you need them to be. And so they're, they're a stiffer foam too, because when you have the block ones where you have to pull them out, it's a lighter foam so that you can be more, you know, open with, with yeah. making your own shapes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm 50-50 on foam. I mean, frankly, when we first started Legion, I was 100% on foam because we were on soft plastic and nothing mattered. I mean, you could literally just throw them in a bucket and it wouldn't yeah, matter. Right. Uh, but now that we're now that we're on hard plastic right now, they're a little bit more tricky. And I noticed like, especially with like sharp corners, like lightsabers or stuff like that, foam yeah. can get a little dicey, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. I originally did all foam. Um, but a lot of my guns start getting bent. Like my DLTs all start swinging off to one side a little bit because like my foam, uh, it was pre-cut squares, uh, but it was like just big enough for Legion models, but some heavy guns would kind of stick out over the side. 
And so when you put another one on top, right, it might be at an angle and over time that would warp. Same with lightsabers. Um, and then also I just have ones break all the time because I accidentally bump the phone and squish it. And so I found uh, I just basically keep all my models in boxes and then slap a magnet on the bottom. And that way you only need like one magnetic tray, really. I got one guys... big tray for my vehicles and one small tray for my infantry and Ooh. bring one go. or both, depending on what I'm playing with. Everything yeah. else is just sitting in a box. How do you guys do your cards and your game components and stuff like that? So this morning, I actually spent a lot of time doing my cards and it's mind numbing. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I spent like two days doing that over the weekend. <laughs> This is upgrades you. only. So I've got a binder. I, I finally converted to the binders. I couldn't take it anymore. Um, all those upgrades. I think it's 16 cards per page. And I go like three deep. Organized by um, by upgrade type. And then who cares after that. Um, and I'm going to bring this whole thing. You know, it's, it's very small. And the last two tournaments, I've forgotten a card or two and had to borrow, so I'm not doing that this time. Units and command cards will be in the same kind of thing. Yeah, yes. I have all my cards ahead, similarly Lucas. in a binder, but then uh, for day of, I got these little nifty guys. Yep. They're for people who aren't watching the video. They're little, was it? ultimate guard mm -hmm. and they have sleeves one's a standard card sides and then the rest are mini american for all your upgrades and so these are super handy because you can just toss all your cards in it they're protected they're in a place um and then for your game right when you play against your opponent you literally just take these fan them out across your table and something not everyone knows is the actual distance of two mini american cards is about six inches so if you're playing on a 40k table putting this on the end is like a measurement of where the actual legion board starts yep. so it's a fun little trick and then this is great because um i'm sure we'll touch on this as we go but part of prepping for lvo and tournaments is uh it's polite to get all your stuff set up in a timely fashion so that you have as much time to actually play the game and i find these for me having all my cards and one these nifty sleeves means i'm not fishing for everything right uh in this case, here's, you know, a Stormtrooper Specialist. I got my Specialist right there. So when I need to flip that card, it's ready to go and all that. And these things, are it's just like 10 bucks on Amazon or at your local game store, wherever you can find them. And they're a lifesaver. Yeah, I uh, I do those. If I'm, if I'm flying, I'll use what Lucas is talking about because they're light and they're easy to use. And then other than that, I store all my stuff in binders. Um, but if I'm going local, uh, I have actual trays laser cut wood trays um and they've got yeah kyle's showing one on the video for those of you who are watching the video um and they're six inches i cut them to six inches and then i put magnets in the four corners so they stack and magnetize and so like when i'm done i just literally go down the line and go thump, 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 and then put them in my bag and walk away it right? is so <laughs> satisfying to do that <laughs> yeah, i've got the, yeah. i picked up the same trays from jay back in northeast open <laughs> yep and i take them to every tournament and it's just like I'll, I'll leave all six of my core units stacked together because no one cares to see yep. six of them um but yeah just cleaning it up is like that and people are like oh. yeah and and what i'll do is um great. even even laser so cut great. tokens but the cardboard or laser cut tokens you can just you put them on the tray 
So like with my ATSTs, I'll just put the wounds and, you know, the damage and all the tokens right on the tray. And then I just put a tray on top of it and they, they lock so that the tokens don't go flying and they can't come out. And that's, that's how I kind of move from table to table. The other thing I do, this is a neat trick too. So like if you're, if you've got the foam, uh, what I do is I have like, I think I have, uh, I don't know, it's ultimate guard or something dice tray. And it's six inches by about 12 inches. And so it fits on like a side on the side of the table, you know, on, on your long edge. And then I just put all my, that's where I roll my dice during the game. But then when I go to like move to another table, I just put all my minis in that dice tray. And then I just move to the other table. So it's like a dual function, um, you know, thing, which is really nice too. Talking about um, like being expedient and like quick, um, it's not always necessary to go quick after at cleanup, um, but it does help having magnetic trays because then as those units die, you could also just put them back on the magnetic tray yep. and then like your cleanup's yep. already done. Mm -hmm. Super helpful. Yeah. Gets that, that was extra few minutes too. for lunch. And... Yep. Yeah. So I've got, I've got those wooden trays, which I already, I already showed. I've also got these, these super fancy, uh, magnetic uh, <laughs> from key trays, which are basically the same thing, but acrylic um, that I stack on top. They're of all freaking trays. imperial. Yeah, it's so weird. Annoying. This is the... Those are official, right? That's yeah. all the OP stuff? I think I have like one of them, but it was imperial, so I don't care about it. So the reason, the it. reason that they're <laughs> imperial is because... Um, well, you got to win were... some games before you get imperial stuff there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are tournament prizes. Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Give me a load. Why don't you show at a tournament, <laughs> then we'll talk about what you get. <laughs> um, the reason they're imperial is because the fifth trooper work environment. They just harass you. <laughs> You're welcome to make a complaint to our HR department. Yeah. One second, Ooh, please. Can I be HR? Oh, hi, I'm, I'm. Yeah, you know what? Go ahead, Bush. I'll take the day off. <laughs> Does I remember those names you called me on the last podcast? I do. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I guess there was a from anyway from one Adepticon to the next. The thing they used to do was um, like whoever, whichever faction performed best at Adepticon would affect like the swag for the next one. So that's why they're Empire. Hmm. Yeah, Rip. Um, Rebels is one in High Command, so. Uh, there should be some like rebel swag floating out there somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows where that is? Yeah, I Maybe mean, we'll we had the year. the trophies for the prime championships. That was all a rebel officer. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So I guess there's yeah. that. And then what was the other one? They had uh, the bet. They you got a dice bag or a token bag, and it had the. Yeah. I think it had the man. That thing sucked. It was that the was crappiest like, dice bag ever. It, it's so bad. And it was yeah. like the logo was Faded. glitter. It was like right glitter away. logo. And it yeah. just it, like I put it in my bag. I'm like, oh, that, all right. I put it in my bag. I get home and like everything's glitter. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about tokens? Tackle box, baby. Yeah. Yep. Or the little screwdriver, screw and bits holder. Go to any local hardware store they're like two to five dollars and these things are amazing yep you don't even have to get a giant one you can get little ones you know and you can fit plenty of i like to go even lower profile than that just 
fewer things on the table. Yeah. Um, this is plenty of stuff for what I do, at least. Um, and you could find all sizes at like Hobby Lobby or. Yeah. Amazon. If you get one of the bigger ones with the removable little bits on here, like mine, you can fit all your movement tools in there too. So if you can see, I just pulled out all the dividers in the bottom row. And so I got all my dice and range rulers and movement tools and whatnot there as well. So when I've used that kind with the removable dividers, um, I've had issues with stuff sliding underneath. So if I ever went back to those, I would highly recommend like hot gluing the bottom of it yep. to to seal that gap so Good. i i went a little bit bigger so let me here i gotta shut off my so this is um it's a little bit bigger but what i like about it even for like traveling i also put some vinyl on there of the cover from legion very nice um, is it snaps really tight the other thing is these can stack too so you can put another one of these so like if you have like you have different ones for different armies like if you you know, um, and then it's really like, even though it's got the dividers, they're very like, this is a much like hardier dividing system, you know, and then you can shut it down and it's got a little handle, like a little briefcase. And so it's, a, it's just a neat way of, of holding everything a little bit, but I think I got that at like Walmart or something, you know. But yeah, I, I think, you know, part, I think what we're trying to express to everybody, right, is that there's, there's a lot of different options out there, but like literally just going to your local uh, department store, like Walmart or Target or whatever, you can go, they have craft aisles, they have hardware aisles, you don't even have to go to like a hardware store, like if you live somewhere remote, like I do, you know, the closest hardware store is a little ways, so, but there's a Walmart everywhere, right, and so we just go to Walmart, and they've got tons of little trays and tackle boxes and you know a lot of boxes. like jewelry boxes too. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah be be organized i think is the tldr yeah um both for you but also for your opponent so you can be courteous you know you don't want to be the dude who's like got a stack of cards and you're like laying them out on the table you know yeah. Um, in advance of the game fumbling with your dice and your tokens and stuff in the middle of the game so and i'll, I'll say um, i'm a new convert to this which is being organized all of the time yep. um and so i wasn't i never was and you guys can go listen to the fifth trooper and hear evan like die inside every time i show him like my box of cards i just threw stuff in and i'd be like we go to play a game i'm like i don't know vader's in there somewhere figure it out uh yep. but but uh i recently just completely organized all my cards and binders um even my storm tide stuff it People, it changed my life. I'm not an organized person. I'm an artist. And so everything is unorganized in my life. Uh, but oh my gosh, did it change my life? Like I went to play my son the other day and I was like, hey, yeah, here, take a look through this beautiful binder of cards. Like, what do you want to play? And yep, well, oh, there's Luke. We'll get him out and, and then we'll put that back. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, it's because now. I know, like, for instance, you know, Canto Bite is coming up in February that John and I are going to be at. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited for that. And I think I just settled on a list, but now I know where everything is and I don't have to, like, stress about trying to find wherever that card is or stress about trying to find my cool uh, command cards that I have of the generics, you know, those full arts with the arrow mm -hmm. brush at the top. Um, 
Yeah. And so, yeah, I, being organized all of the time with your cards and, and your minis is a real good idea because I've done both just recently. I'm not preaching because I've been terrible at it. Like literally everything was just thrown into boxes. Um, and I've recently got all my minis on the one shelf. They're all together with the right units and everything. And it, it, man, it feels a lot better when someone, it's not like, I don't feel stressed when someone wants to play a game of Legion. I'm <laughs> just like, oh yeah, I could do that. No problem. <laughs> well, and yeah. like generic life lesson on top of that, you know, in case it hasn't clicked yet, if you stay on top of it, then you don't have to keep doing it. Yep. It's a huge pain to organize it the yep. first time. But if you keep it organized, like it's easy to keep it organized. Right. It is not easy to reorganize it after you've let it go for six months. Uh, or three years. Yeah. Because the first, yeah. <laughs> right. first time yeah. it took me like two days almost to do it. And, yeah. and now it takes like five minutes to put the cards back. Right. So. That and and listen, I for for people at home, I struggle with that on a daily basis. <laughs> so you know, I I'm just trying to be much better at at doing that. You know, yeah. If you want to go full OCD, I have similarly to John, uh, showed up at an event, and realized I left like my order tokens or something at home. I have a checklist on my phone in my notes app that before any event, I just go through my notes app. <laughs> Line by line, make sure I have it all. Legit, and, that uh, is not a bad idea. I yes. should do that. It takes little to no effort to type up, you yeah. know, eight lines or probably even less. It's like you got your models, you got your lists printed, you got your dice tokens, cards. Just give your um, brain a break and like, yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. So I got a little checklist that for myself. I go send me through that whenever checklist. I leave. Yeah. <laughs> I'll use it this week. Yeah. For me, other than my, um, uh, the actual miniatures. I permanently store all of my stuff that I need, my dice, my tokens, uh, all that stuff in my carrying travel case. So like, I can't forget it because it's already in there. <laughs> um, Same. I have so. the uh, old um, Legion Discord order tokens. And then now I got some fifth trooper ones, but I always mm -hmm. leave the Legion Discord in ones in there permanently in case I forget to grab my correct ones. Because um, I find order tokens is the thing that I always forget. Like it's I always like command sets. cards. Yeah. So I always have just like a full set of order tokens sitting in my bag just in case I forget. Yep. Um, yeah. I just, I had a similar renaissance to UJ just this past weekend. Uh, we had oh. some family in town to help out with the kids. So I was like, I'm taking this weekend to organize my house, <laughs> which included taking all of my Legion stuff, which basically occupied, you know, 60% of my basement um and organizing it and consolidating it and now it's like a six by three area basically um you know i got i punched out all my old tokens i have a giant tupperware container of token punch outs from all the <laughs> extra legion boxes i had lying around i refuse um, to punch those out <laughs> so many it felt so I good i do them all as soon as they come in <laughs> yeah that's what, and that's what I do now. When I get a new box, I punch them straight into that Tupperware container. I take the cards, I sleeve them, I put them in my card storage thing. Yep. And I take the miniatures and I put them in a, in a drawer where all my other miniatures are if I'm not going to immediately assemble them. So, and then I throw the box away. <laughs> Here's a, a window into my really? insanity. Really? Kyle, really? Really? I know that I have boxes Is here that in my what background. you do, Kyle? Is that <laughs> what you do? <laughs> <laughs> these boxes in the background are i have not opened these yet the plastic is still on these so. <laughs> you've been caught 
red-handed yeah. lecture me i i see at least <laughs> at least six or seven boxes back there <laughs> these are all unopened <laughs> that aa5 has been around for a while though yeah, yeah. It has. it's there's like serve, a stack of her. boxes behind that one too like this is <laughs> It's sort of a cosmetic purpose. It's it's background. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I feel this 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 lat actually right here. This has a, a personal note on it, written in um, in permanent marker, like on the plastic. Oh. Um, and I feel I feel kind of weird like opening it. Um, and also the lats are kind of bad right now, so I don't feel like a rush to open the box and paint it. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Um, we're on the subject of gaming aids. There's one more thing I would recommend people get, which is this bad boy. This is a line laser. Jeez, that is um, huge. Yeah, this this is a unnecessarily powerful one. Um, you can see it on my shirt here. Uh, I'm not going to shine it at the camera because that wouldn't be helpful. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you can get a cheap one at just if you go to like Harbor Freight or something like that. Um, you can get the army painter ones online. Those are pretty cost effective. Yeah, that's what you have there, Jen. Um, I like the actual like construction tool ones that you can get at Harbor Parade because they make an X mm. instead of just a line. So you can use them for like firing arcs and stuff. I have one of those too somewhere in my garage that I've used for Legion. Um, and those are you can get those for like 20 bucks or less. So but really useful for checking cover lines and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Um, any quick hits on like once you're there, what do you actually do to take care of yourself? Yeah. yeah. Eat. You first, Luke. Oh, I was just going to say, eat a lot of food. Um, it's going to be a mistake you make once. I did this at a all day magic tournament that I went to. You want to eat a big old meal before you play because, right, during your games, the last thing you want to be doing is having your stomach grumbling. And then have lots of water. Um, same thing with dehydration, right? You're probably going to be standing all day. Most cons don't have a chair there. And so you want to be hydrated, want to be fed. And so I always get like a thing of like cliff bars. And then um, I got these reusable water bottles and I toss just multiple of them in my bag. So over the course of the day, I could be plenty hydrated. Because, um, right, the last thing you want to be doing is fighting your body while you're up there. You just want to be full and happy. So I typically like eat a ton. So I'm here in Southern California. So we got this sweet, uh, fast food joint called Del Taco. It's my favorite. Got like dollar burritos and I just load up on like three, $1 egg breakfast burritos and just shove them down the throat, feel kind of bloated, but then you're like good to go for the, for the day. (laughs) Yeah, that was, uh, God, I don't even know how long ago now, maybe a couple of years ago, we had a guest blog writer that was a, a doctor or something out of Australia, Dr. Nick. And he wrote this great article saying that if you're going to do these tournaments that like a really good breakfast, like, you know, lots of like proteins and carbs and, and stuff was, was good. Health, and then healthy fats, like avocados and eggs. Yep. 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 And then he said also uh, like uh, Gatorade or I don't know, he had some, he had some uh, uh, ingredients for, a homemade electrolyte drink that had like Himalayan salt or some, I, I don't remember. That was a while ago, but it was pretty cool. I tried it once. It was good. Uh, and so, you know, hydration, food, you nailed two of them. One thing uh, I highly recommend and that changed my life was 
like a really good pair of sneakers like something with that's really really comfortable because you you don't really think about it but you're gonna be on your feet for like at least 12 hours most likely for two to three days in a row um so making sure you have some really comfortable sneakers that got like them these aren't like for running right these are for standing so you want those ones with those really thick pads on the bottom you know like you're walking on uh clouds that's that's the kind you want like Man, I, I first tournament I ever went to, I wore like Converse or something. And literally it was I, I was like rough for like four days afterwards. Right. Uh, and then I went and got these really nice, uh, you know, really thick soled shoes and uh, sneakers. And man, I never went back. Those things so comfortable and I've never had problems since. So that's a big one. And th- this might show my age here, but if you have weird shaped feet, go to a podiatrist and get custom insoles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that like, I didn't even know was a thing until after I turned 30. And then I was like, man, my feet hurt. Why do my feet hurt? <laughs> and then there- I went to a podiatrist and he's like, because you have weird shaped feet and you need custom insoles. And I'm like, how come I've never realized this before? And he's like, cause you're old now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, uh, I, there is a shoe store out here that they actually, the one I ha- I went to them once and I've never like gone to another place. They actually do scans of your feet and you like do walking tests and they like monitor it all. And then they're like, okay, here's your custom made shoe that should be just for you with the right foam insert and all this stuff. Oh my God. It's like, yeah, do that. It's the best amount of money I've ever spent in my entire life. <laughs> like it, and yeah, you should this be able is to outside find of Legion. Like, yeah, like seriously, do yourself a favor. You're gonna be like, that's a lot of money, but then realize you're on these things all the time, and then your whole body will thank you. Like having like sneakers with nice insoles and all my all that stuff. Oh my god, it changed my life. Sorry, yep. that's a, that was. <laughs> That's a real roundabout way of saying we're comfortable footwear. Um, I recommend having like a cardigan or a hoodie, something you could take on and off because it's going to probably be cold uh, air conditioning in some places and hot in others. And uh, it it's never the same at any tournament ever. And, and so uh, always be ready for weather changes indoors. It's temperature changes. It's just crazy. Trying to think what else. Oh, uh, you know, this one is, uh, they're going to tell you, you have a lunch break at most tournaments. Okay. They're going to tell you it's around an hour. It's going to end up being about 40 minutes and there's nothing going to be close to where you are. And so it'll take you the entire 40 minutes to just go even find food, let alone sit and eat. So that ahead of time, yeah, either plan it ahead of time or like Lucas said, load up on breakfast. And then what I do is I'll bring like, I know Kyle loves the cliff bars, but I'll bring like the, you know, the protein bars that they have, like those are really good. And just bring a couple of those, some snacks, some drinks, and just don't even go to lunch. (laughs) Or if you have a buddy, like a buddy or two that finishes their first round early and gets an early lunch, then like work out ahead of time. Hey, like. I'll go get food for us or whatever. Yeah. You know? Teamwork. Yeah. Like it's, it's much shorter than you realize. Like I think somebody, it maybe it was Nathan, uh, John tried to convince me to go to some store during lunch at LVO. And I was like, okay. And oh man, 
that was such a bad idea. That that break is not long enough. No, <laughs> I feel like CEOs have getting have been getting wiser about that. The last few, I've I feel like I've had decent lunch times. Well, I think what happens is the the, the TO and it's not their fault. They have a really good concept in their head, and they're like, okay, to make the time for the day and to make this comfortable for everybody, we're going to plan an hour lunch. That should be enough. But then what happens is games start going over, and it starts. Yeah. It's like a domino effect, and then you know they usually use the lunch to try to catch themselves back up a little bit and and it just it's part of the game it's just part of going to these tournaments you know well and john i think you know the last few tournaments you've been to and i've been to have been the frontline tournaments where it's three rounds per day um mm-hmm. so i think they've spaced them out a little better three than like rounds, the, much better oh my god rounds yeah so yeah. much better yeah agreed um night and day four rounds a day is Tough. is rough <laughs> like it's doable it is but sucks three rounds is better you get a longer lunch you end with enough time to like go out to dinner and hang out with people yeah this um, weekend is three rounds three rounds and two yep. rounds that's great yeah because yeah. yeah, those four round days are like that's it that's what you're doing that day is that yep. right nothing else so yeah, uh, it's, it's nice having a bit of time after, like you said, to meet up with people and hang out. It's like a lot of these people, right? You know each other just from Discord or different things. And so it's cool to finally get to hang out. You have a little time. I think to there's even supposed to be like an organized social event this weekend that I haven't registered for or whatever. That's awesome. I'll be no, honest. Uh, uh, we're going to Adepticon. So. I think I've said this before, but we'll talk about it again, but we have a booth at Adepticon and we're going to be there. Um, And because of the booth and everything, I'm not going to be playing. I'm kind of looking forward to it as much as I love playing. I'm kind of looking forward to being able to go to a freaking trade, like one of these shows without having to like play a game the entire day, like where I can like actually look around (laughs) and see what's going on and talk to people and hobnob and i'm really i'm looking forward to that you know hobnob hobnobbing it's it's nice to have time to hobnob yeah Um, yeah john how much you hobnob you hobnob enough i don't even know what you're talking about rubbing elbows yeah (laughs) i don't know what these i think i'm too young to know hobnobbing means yeah Yeah, yakking All right. Well, before we stray too far from the <laughs> preparing yourself for the tournament, I I do want to add my two cents. Um, they, oh. I mean, they all hit on pretty much everything I wanted to. Um, but one last thing is if is if you have weeks or months to prepare for a tournament, let this motivate you to to work out, to to go even as little as a daily walk. Yeah. Any amount of regular exercise will do wonders for preparing your body for a tournament. Yep. Um, yep. Standing it. all day burns a lot of calories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you have an option to, like, if you're a, in an office environment, um, consider even if you can't get like a fancy standing desk, which tend to be kind of expensive, set up a situation where you can stand for some period of the day and work. Um, mm-hmm. It's called a cardboard box. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Just you know, just put a cardboard box under your computer yeah. screen. Most places are using laptops, right? You just get a big yeah. cardboard box, you put your laptop up on it, and you just stand there and work. Yep. You don't need five hundred dollars. It's like just, just go to the shipping department and get yourself a box. You'll be all right. 
Yep. Yeah. And while you're playing, uh, try to be especially conscious of your posture. This is something I kind of learned hard. So I played Magic originally. So you're sitting for most of it. So posture wasn't something. Then my first all-day Legion tournament, um, I didn't realize how much I was leaning over the table and looking for long periods of time. And so I make a conscious effort where it's like stand up straight, roll my dice. You know, the only time I'm bending over is to move stuff and uh, measure. So in between yep. turns, just focusing on standing up straight and having good posture for me it goes a long way in helping with all those aches. And this yeah. is coming from like a, what, 22-year-old? Not that young. I'm 27. Wait, you 16? Oh, okay. 15? Okay. What do you? I do. Uh, I'm in research computer science. Work at a desk all day. I had to get a okay. ergonomic mouse because my carpal tunnel, man. Oh, look at this guy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Hey, I, I have a recommendation for uh, event uh, managers. Uh, you know what you guys should do? There's these things. They're like these little triangles that you can get and you can put tables on top of them so that they raise the table up like four to five inches i've had i had them here we played legion here with those dude we didn't have to bend over once you put (laughs) them under the feet yeah yeah and it brings the table up it's oh man it's the best and they're not that expensive they're like little pieces of plastic I think that they're used a lot for um, like when you're in dorm rooms to raise your bed to get storage. Like I had a few for that. Yeah, and so, yeah. yeah, they're only a couple bucks. You can get them at most uh, convenience stores. Yeah. If you're throwing an event, do everyone a favor, raise the tables up with those things. It's like five to six inches. It, it, it'll change everyone's life. I guarantee it. Yep. All right. Any other words of wisdom? When? Have Don't let fun. us down, boys. <laughs> Pressure's on. This is going to be factored into your, in your for, performance reviews. For every oh. person you beat, I want you guys <laughs> to say, Jay Shalansky says hello after you beat him and then just walk away. <laughs> well, I'd be getting a quarterly bonus if I go far and able to uh, get those fifth trooper tokens on the stream. I'll tell you what. Yeah. You'll get a, <laughs> you'll get a bonus if you can even okay. pretend to be half the competitive oh, wow. empire player you you say you are oh man. i never said i was <laughs> i never back talk <laughs> holy Jay, one day we're gonna have an in-person event and i'm gonna destroy you and i will not apologize <laughs> you know everyone talks real tough until an atst and dubacks are chomping down their lines so we'll see i'll see you in canto bite yeah you will <laughs> Oh, I hope we get top table at Canto. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I want the whole world to know how wrong you are. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm well, getting them ready down, for the tournament. Down. You got you to gotta get them talking a little we'll, crap. We'll have a pre-Canto by episode. Hey, you come on over here anytime, buddy. I got a table waiting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a long drive. I mean, he's going to be up here. Yeah. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. TLDR, we're all counting on you. Don't let us down. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do my best. All right. Yeah, I got nowhere but up after SoCal. So there you go. Um, all right. Well, we are the notorious scoundrels of Kyle. I'm Jay. John Bushfax Bushman. I'm Lucas. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>